standing your ground does not mean you are stupid. It means standing firm, which the Bible encourages. Do you understand? Yeah. So we are not supposed to back out insults to our in-laws or do whatever. No, 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 no. Except I've seen some crazy in-laws going to people's houses to beat up their their son-in-law or their daughter-in-laws. Those ones you can push them out of your house. Or you that's can... why we buy dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Big dogs. So, some some in-laws are that crazy. I've seen I've, I've seen in-laws who are pressurizing the son-in-law. You, our daughter should not suffer in your house. You come, 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 come abroad. Come up. We'll sponsor you. We'll, we'll make sure you. We we'll get you settled. And what have you? Just leave the country. And the man doesn't feel like he should leave the country. He doesn't feel led to leave. It's a spiritual person. You understand? He takes his stand. Hello and welcome to Men of David on Kingdom World Radio, the gospel radio that helps you know Christ and live by his truth. If this is your first time listening to this program, Men of David is a program where men gather to discuss issues affecting them, learn how to deal with their challenges, and become better versions of themselves. You can join this conversation through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the KW Radio, or send us your feedback through mail radio at pastor.ng again this is kingdom world radio the gospel radio that helps you know christ and live by his truth my name is ifan yuchuku dim okay i am your host we'll get into our discussion for today after this short break Welcome back. If you're just joining us, this is Kingdom World Radio and the program is Men of David. Please feel free to join our conversation on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the KW Radio. Our discussion focus for today is dwelling in peace with your in-laws. It's a typical African society is that relationship with in-laws does not end after you have paid bride price and carried their daughter. What happens is that that relationship actually continues. That's why some persons, okay, in Eastern Nigeria, is saying that Ogobuchioni, which is loosely translated to mean that somebody's in-law is like his chi, chi is like a god. For some persons, that's not the case in their relationship. Actually, the in-law become a problem or a cog in the wheel of progress of that marriage. That's why today on the program, we want to take a look at relationship with in-laws, especially from the man's point of view. Want to know how do you relate with in-law? How do you dwell in peace with them? Even if those in-laws are not exactly peaceful people. Now to discuss this subject matter with me are two men that have been married for years. Um, one of them is Mr. Olayinka Oyekomi, who has been married for 15 years. Mr. Oyekomi, welcome to Men of David. Thank you. Uh, my other guest is Mr. John Ododo, who has been married for five years. Mr. John, thank you very much for joining us on Men of David. Thank you very much. Mr. John, let's start from the beginning. Your first experience or your first meeting with your in-laws, was it a pleasant one or a bad one? Yeah, um, it was... Was it a mixture of both of them? I, th- I think it was a pleasant experience because uh, my first experience was when my wife took me to introduce me to his father or his her parents, sorry. And then... Uh, I, I think I, I must say at this point in time that it was God who has laid the foundation of everything. So the experience was quite pleasant. Uh, the reception was warm and uh, everything went on smoothly. Thank you very much. Mr. Yinka, what was your first experience with your mm, in-laws? It was very interesting. That's what I'll say. Um, my in-laws' family is a large family. So um, I had to meet a lot of people. I kept traveling. Lagos, Abuja, Kaduna. I went. I mean, I went everywhere to meet my in-laws. But somebody was a good one. And my wife is down the totem pole. I mean, she's one of the youngest uh, children. So I had to come and visit everybody. I really work hard a lot. Before the wedding. Yes, before my brother. Chai. <laughs> <laughs> but it was overall it was pleasant. They are very they are good people, so it was it was good. What is um yes, um talking about traveling to meet the Indos, uh 
in my own case, my wife was the second in the hierarchy of the children. Oh, so, she's, she was <laughs> high of the total so, so she had just one elder sister who was working in Abuja, who's still working in Abuja. So she was the only person. And me, then I, Abuja was my like my second home. So we took the opportunity to pay that one a visit. The, the younger ones, we didn't need to because they were around. They were just within the, the same states when, when we came for the introduction. So there was not much to do as per visit. Did you express any opposition before you got married from your in-laws? Say maybe you are from different tribe or from a particular state they don't like before you got married. Yeah, not none. none Mr. Yenka, did you express any um, No, I don't think. I, I think my in-laws, they had some reservations, but it wasn't about me, my person. They had reservations generally about certain things. So once, so when I came around, they were asking questions around, you know, the type of person. If I fitted... Um, if I was if I was a mold of what they didn't like, you know, like they were particular about uh, what church I went to, you know, they were particular if I had already had a child before coming to marry their daughter, all those dangerous things. They were they were weary of them. Unfortunately, I mean, I didn't have all those things. You ticked all their good boxes. Yeah, well, to a large extent, some I was just okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you think after you have settled your kinsmen with their list some of those lists are very long and demanding um, you, you should still have ties with them financial ties with them or we are done with this transaction everybody now go to your tent to Israel what do you think well you know Mr. Well, you know the, this question you have asked is, is slightly financial yes and you have to appreciate the fact that your finances are an expression of your mindset. Just this morning, I was involved in a transaction somewhere, and um, a lot of people came to our neighborhood and were demanding certain penalties from some of us. And immediately they asked me for the penalty. I agreed to pay, but my neighbor refused to pay. And how much was the penalty? One thousand naira. Is it because my neighbor doesn't have? No, he just feels no. He can never pay can't pay that type of money and the way I looked at it is you hold on to your 1,000 naira but all the people they view you with um, yes with a kind of mindset that look this guy is, is a disagreeable fellow 1,000 naira is more than enough to buy agreeability I, I mean if you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah. it's enough to buy goodwill it's cheap yes to buy goodwill so if you are interacting with your in-laws and um, after you've paid the bride price, no matter how high it is, you should just be a generous person. If you are gen- if you are generous in your mind, you keep being generous. If you were not, you will not be. Um, Jacob served for 14 years because of Rachel. So is you really like so if you like your wife, if you say, Ah, I like this girl, though, I feel this girl is right for me. If they say one billion, if you have, you will pay. If you don't have, you beg. But at the end of it, does relationship continue with your in-laws? If you are a generous person in your mind, of course it will continue. If you are not, you, re- you revert back to your stingy position and then you stay put. Mr. John, do you think after selling your in-laws, you, say you should still have financial ties with them? Yeah, I think um, it's uh, quite unfortunate that um, because of our cultures, and what have you, certain things like uh, marriage right lists becomes a lot of challenge for some people who actually want to get together as husband and wife. But I really wish that uh, parents or intending in-laws should see that marriage is not that, okay, the man brought the bride prize and is taking our daughter away. I think they should see that as they are giving a daughter out, they are gaining a son also and uh, if they see it like that the the, the contention that is always be- between uh, spouses and their in-laws will greatly reduce especially in our African uh, settings because if you if you see like okay he just coming to take our daughter away then you will be seeing him like an enemy and then every opportunity you have to be antagonistic or against him you will seize it 
But when you see that, okay, as we are giving a daughter out, we are gaining also what? A son. Because every son is uh, has to honor its parents. Whether parents in the in law or, or biological uh, or parents. So for me, as a person, though the list was, um, well, if God provided the wherewithal to take care of it, but the list was not quite uh, easy to deal with also. But because... I have a bride in mind that I want to get married to, just like what our Lord Jesus Christ did. Because of the church which he envisaged, he was ready to lay down his life. He was willing to lay to pay any price whatsoever. And he did that. And that price, which was his life, was one of the great is the greatest price anybody can pay for a bride. Jesus Christ laid down his life for, for the church. So because I loved my wife. I could do anything at that point in time as long as it was within my capacity to do as just to get married to her. And then after the marriage, the in-laws, though they may they may not know better, but I still consider them as parents. So I honor them as parents. He just says something now. I want you to clarify it. He said that a parent, a child honors his parents. Does it include your parents in law? A child I know honors his, his parents. parents. I know that's from the Bible. Yes, yes, yes. But does it include your parents in law? Of course, yes. Mr. Yenka, do you think it includes your parents in law? Oh, of course it does. Um if you are if you have on, on the, a fair understanding of things, you find out that actually every elder within your every elder within your sphere of life gives you an opportunity to be blessed. You know, and parents are they are actually a blessing to people, you know. Your parents, your parents in law. Honoring them is a good thing and it's a culture we should adopt, you know. So, whether your parents, your parents-in-law, your uncles-in-law, aunties-in-law, there are a lot of people over time that you have the opportunity to be a blessing to them and each of those uh, opportunities, if God blesses you, is an opportunity once you actively engage. Now, many times when people think about relationship between laws, what they're thinking about is the financial part. But then sometimes... Um, financial part in the sense that there are men who try to relate to their in-laws because their in-laws are financially more buoyant than them, so they want to get money from them. There are cases where the the in-law wants to live with a man because he could give them money. Now, apart from the financial gain that could go from either ways, what other reason should a man maintain cordial and close relationship with his in-laws? Well, um, the truth is, you know, giving money to your in-laws, particularly if you are a man of means, or even otherwise, is the easy part of relationships. Because all you have to do is to program your account to derive a certain amount to your in-laws every now and then. Continuing a conversation. Look, if your in-laws think, even if they think they don't, you don't have money, but they think you're a man of wisdom, the number of matters you have to intervene in, because problems keep coming up every day. For you, you have your own problems. Your own parents and your own family, they are problems. Your in-laws, they now feel, ah, Let's call this our brother. He has wisdom. Let's call him. They'll call you for every matter. You keep traveling to go and resolve issues. And they'll not ask you for a dime. Sometimes they will even afford to fund you to come and attend to the problem. Do you understand? Even though that, those are big issues. You know, because if you have to travel every week for an in-law matter, if you are not there, they say, oh, you are a big man here. One of your wife's younger sisters or younger brothers is getting married. Your presence there is important. Even though it's easier for you to give them 50,000 naira and stay in your house that weekend than to start traveling to one village somewhere. Do you understand? Yes, sir. <laughs> so, in law, it's, you are entering into another relationship. You are entering into another family. And like Brother John said, you are now a member of that family. There are certain obligations you have to live to. Sometimes they'll call you in the middle of the night for wisdom, for, for counsel, for empathy. Do you understand? They, they call you for representation for all types of things. So it's the money part actually is the easy part. And if you have a generous mindset, you find that it's easy. The real challenge is because keeping relationships going is real work. Every relationship that you maintain, you find out that you have to service it every now and then. There are friends you remember, oh, I've not spoken to this my friend in a long while. And it's my friend. You pick up your phone, you call him. Sometimes he wants to talk to you for one hour. You talk to him for one hour. That's one hour taken out of your 24 hours that you can do almost nothing because you are talking to that person. So, you know, relationships are harder to maintain. 
than the relationship aspect that keeping that conversation going maintain the relationship oiling it is can be more difficult than um the money part some people have that gift very easily you know they call you they talk to people they i have like i told you my wife's family is a large family and they are good people once it's my birthday ah i'm like oh i have to take like some 15 20 calls now my wife i told you lower down the to tempo and she has sisters who have children that are now mature and they also want to call you and greet you on your birthday so from my in-laws you know i expect some 20 30 calls on my birthday do you understand yes, dealing no. with that is you say oh hello you have to no matter how bad you are feeling you have to be cheerful ah auntie how are you ah my brother eh, my uncle all those calls you have to attend to them it's relationship servicing that relationship is more is a more critical matter than sending money actually from my own experience I agree with you. Um, my father-in-law called me, I think around early this year, to ask me what he did to me. <laughs> and then, I don't think he didn't do anything to me that I just have a problem with checking up on people. That the problem is not about him. Even my own parents. That, except you are not feeling fine, I will call you to just make sure you get, you are fine. Once you are fine, I mean, everybody's fine. Let's move on. So please help. help. <laughs> I think it's a man's problem. So, let men, th- men find it more difficult to, to do that. If I, if you check my phone, I have a weekly reminder to call my in-laws. But to be honest, to even call my own uncles and aunties. But to be honest, I don't always keep up. In fact, I think I'm on 15% of keeping up to that. Okay, he just shared one tip with us. Set up, set a weekly reminder to call. So, Mr. John, from your experience, how do you, because I need tips. We all need tips. How do I maintain, because the money part, like he said, is easy. If I have the money to send it, it's not a problem. The problem is to remember I have to call you I mean, I check on you a lot. So how do you keep up relationship with your in-laws? Not just the father, but the mother-in-law, the siblings-in-law, every in-law around. Yeah, thank you very much for that question. Well, um, just like I said earlier, that um, when you get married, you automatically earn another set of parents, another set of siblings. And you need to get involved in their lives actively. So... For me, basically, like uh, my brother Inka said, sending money or yeah, trying to just maybe once in a while you send something is the easiest part. Personally, it's I hardly, I rarely remember. Should I say remember? I don't know. But I hardly make calls to my in-laws like that. But my, my wife is always in touch with them. And uh, when my dad was alive, she was also in touch with my my father better than even me that is the husband <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah my mom also talks to my wife almost every day yes but me and her we don't talk we're not fighting <laughs> <laughs> so but, but that is just the financial aspect is a very small aspect if you don't have you don't have if you have of course you share mm. <laughs> so but that of keeping tabs with them and then sharing in their day-to-day uh, issues like maybe when they you hear of something you have to get involved actively so that they will know that ah, this our in-law is a uh, is, is a good person and this we're talking about christians in in general here now we're talking about christian marriage because i'm a christian so for me my in-laws are, are another um opportunity to show forth the light of of christ do you understand uh, not all of them are that committed to the way of the cross. So every opportunity I have to relate with them is an opportunity to show forth Christ. So I take it like uh, maybe in terms of sickness now, I, I get involved actively. If it's by prayer, if it's by sending resources, I do I do that. Because of course, like I said, they have become parents and siblings. I think that's just basically it for me as a person. But relationship-wise, when the my father-in-law calls a lot of times and he's talking to my wife, then he now asks after me, then I will now ah good afternoon, sir, and then we'll greet and all those. But it has not been easy for me to actually um, discipline myself. I like the style that uh Uncle Inka did to set uh, a line. I'm reminder. not really living up to it. I'm only like 15%. But In fact, I'm just uh, every not, time my mother-in-law calls me, now I feel guilty. <laughs> I'm tired of apologizing. <laughs> so, 
keeping a very good communication line with, with the in-laws is a very good thing. Just by checking up on them, they appreciate it so much. Because even though, if if you are someone who, who paid a very high price for your wife, and you still call them, they you win them over easily. Because they may feel bad that they have put you through a lot of stress in the course of the marriage. Mm. And then upon that, you still show them love. You win them easily over to your side. Now, maintaining a relationship is a lot easier when you don't have any basis for disagreement with someone initially. Mm. So for someone who everything is fine, first time I met you, it went well and the marriage ceremony went well. It seems easier to maintain a relationship in such arrangement than when maybe the father or the mother is saying, no, my daughter cannot marry this guy. Now, let's talk about the guy who mar- who had hitches before he got married. How do you think the person should go ahead? Because as a Christian, he can't, continue, he can't ma- keep enmity with those people. How does he forge a good relationship with these people? Well, I think um, that's a very interesting question and it's necessary for all of us to be able to answer it um, honestly as Christians because these things come up all the time. One of the biggest things you can do for yourself when you're in that kind of situation is to come to a place of understanding. All of us have, um, we have failures. We have gaps in our understanding of people. So, the first question is, why did they refuse you? Why did they not want you to marry their daughter or their son? Usually, it's probably because of an experience they've had or um, a, uh, or stuff that has been shared with them, beliefs that have built up into their minds. When you understand the fact that, look, these people's um, position is flawed and it's not, it's because they are treading the path wrong way. And if you were in their shoes, you probably may have done exactly the same thing. You find out that you can easily forgive the person. Do you understand what I'm yes, saying? Sir. Yes. Once you once you can take that position, I'll give you an example. I remember a lady I thought of I would marry a long time ago. And then my parents were separated. Her parents were separated. And she said never that she can that two people from separated home should not marry them because definitely their homes will be broken. They will be separated in future. Hmm. Okay. But I didn't, I don't hold it against her. I just said, well, that's the understanding you have. In fact, that's the first time you struck me. Oh, it's true. The two of us are from separated. Come on, forget our, let's marry ourselves. Christian girl. But I grew up and understood that, look, it's because I've been able to access more light where I appreciate the fact that, look, I understand that the fact that it happened there doesn't mean it will happen here. That's what gives me the courage to go ahead. So until she's able to deal with that challenge in the place of faith, understanding and knowledge, she can't go beyond it. Hmm. <laughs> so it's the same for our parents. If um, you want to marry where six people in that family, they've married people from your area and they've been grievously dealt with. If you were them, it would take a lot of Jesus you have to go ask for extra Jesus to say, Jesus, I beg, show yourself because I'm not sure this is right. If the person is truly a Christian, the person will not even be, will deliberately ignore your tribe and be looking for other faults in you so mm. that he or she can justify why you cannot marry his daughter. Yeah. That's the truth. So once you appreciate that, you now know, then the onus is now upon you to not prove to them as an in-law that not everybody from there is bad though. Particularly if they are in Christ. Anybody that is in Christ is a new creature. And let me tell you the truth. There are tribes and people groups that they are wicked. Their nature is wickedness. In fact, all of us human beings, we, our tribes, no matter the tribe you are from, they have one bad behavior there that is terrible. Every tribe. So, people have a right to be, have reservations against your tribe or where you come from. But okay. the truth of the matter is that you, because you are now in Christ, you are a new creature. You've dropped that devilish thing that is in your family lineage. And you have an honor to now show them that, look, oh, anybody that is in Christ, too, that's now your work as the in-law. They will now say that, ah, the people from this tribe are terrible, but this 
this guy is from there, but he's a different person. Somebody will now say, you know him, he's a Christian now. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so if you two, you know six people in your family that have been married to people from that tribe, and the two of them have beaten their wives to death, three of them have divorced the wives and made sure they are living in penury, <laughs> They now tell you they want to marry your daughter. You you will laugh out loud. <laughs> marry who? From where? I beg, go, Jesus. Come and kill this boy before we marry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So uh, yeah. <clears throat> Paying a very high, bright price or uh, uh, fulfilling a very long list of, of demands from in-laws is one of the major major characteristics of our 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 marriages in, in Africa, especially in Nigeria. But I would like to say this for concerning the, the Christian uh, man or Christian husband. You have to know that Christ paid a very high price for his bride. And, and that bride was not perfect. Do you understand? Yes, the bride is not perfect, yet Christ was willing to pay that high price. And up to now, the same bride is still annoying Christ every day. Yet Christ is still interceding on behalf of that bride for, on, for, to his father. So when you go to marry and they demand very high prices, high price from you, it doesn't mean you should take it out on them. It doesn't mean. Yeah, that, that time I was paying right now, uh, hundred two bars of yeah, two gallons <laughs> of this, this one, that one. I was I was complaining, but. But mine is just that, let me get this thing out of the way and have my wife. Do you understand? All right. So I went through that trouble to have uh, my wife. Okay, in your five years of marriage, have you ever had any business or any disagreement with your in-laws? Yeah, I don't think so. But I, well, I had something close to it, but it is not, it is not like a direct personal disagreement. Now, I, when I got married, my wife was in a different town. Uh, me, I'm in another town. And uh, she was working and I'm also working. But before we got into marriage, we had discussed the fact that marriage is meant for couples to be together. That if couples are, are apart, it defeats the purpose of marriage. So we had agreed that this is how it's going to be like. So by the time we're done with the marriage rights, She's, she wanted to resign. I told her no, that she should hold on. And that time, when it, the thing, the, the word got across to her parents and, and siblings, it was another issue for her. Me, I didn't get the heat directly, but I could feel for her. They were like, ah, how could you leave your job? A federal government job with insecurity and what have you for a man? They didn't say your husband now. You say it for a man. <laughs> but I didn't feel offended because that is their level of understanding. Me, I'm a child of God. I have, a, I have better insights and better understanding than they. So I just encouraged her. So even before I, I could say anything, she her heart was already made up. She doesn't want to... She had experiences of her friends who got married and stayed away from their husband and how their marriage ended up. So she didn't want to go through that. So she was ready to lay down the job. So she resisted the the parents and the siblings and she went ahead and resigned and since then we have been living together. So that was the closest I had to having uh, issues with my in-laws. If you just joined us, you're still listening to Men of David on Kingdom World Radio and my guest has been Mr. Olayinka Oyekomi and Mr. John Ododo. Our discussion today has been on dwelling in peace with your in-laws. We'll continue this conversation from the point you made about um, interference with in-laws after this short break. Remember, you can join this conversation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the KW Radio. Use hashtag Man of David to help us track your conversation. Welcome back. We are still listening to Men of David on Kingdom World Radio, where men gather to discuss issues affecting them, learn how to deal with their challenges, and become better versions of themselves. So far, we have looked at um, in-laws' relationship with them, financial relationship, 
And then before we went on a break, um, Mr. John talked about uh, um, a slight um, interference from his in-laws concerning the decision his wife has to make. And that brings me to a question, another aspect of our discussion, which is, to what extent do parents relate or your wife's parents are supposed to continue relating with them? Now, you may not, you can't cut them off from their relationship, but to what extent does it become interference, Mr. Inka? Well, my wife's parents interacting with my wife is never interference. Um, <clears throat> the truth is that, you know, the home is your home. You're the one that determines, uh, like, okay, if, for example, now my in-laws come and tell me, um, you should not flog your children six times. And I feel I should flog my children six times. Or your children should not go to this type of school. And I think that's the school I can afford. It's not a matter for conversation with my in-laws. If they tell my wife that, if my wife relates it to me, it's not, I'm not sending you back to them. It's, you are not going to put the children in the school. I'll just put them in the school I feel is right. And that's all. So if my in-laws are not feeling bad, that I put, my, like I keep hearing things of people who say that, um, they are harassing them. The family you say, uh, we have opportunity. Come and live abroad. Yes. They say to somebody's wife. And the man says, they are pressuring my wife. You can't pressure my wife. Ah, my husband, though. Or they are pressuring even the man. They want us to come and live abroad, though. We are not going. Finish. Or if they say, if they call me directly, we want you to come and live abroad. I've heard. After hearing, that's all. I'm just not going to. It's not a man. No, there's no conversation there. There's no argument. There's no... Uh, I now told him, he now said, we're not great. That like, like, thunder will fire somebody. There's no thunder firing anybody. You have made your... Uh, you have given me advice. And I told you, I've heard your advice. I will thank you carefully. And I will go away. There's no conversation there. There are things that they are strictly within this circle called our home. Anything outside of it... We don't respond to it. You can offer counsel. You can offer the word of God. If he comes in and we feel he aligns with what the Lord wants us to do. We are not taking it because it came from you or your position. We are taking it because the Lord is speaking to us through you. It's like um, Jethro, who we can even say was not a believer, was speaking to just uh, Moses, who we can say was a pastor. And was good counsel for Moses. And it was God setting up a structure in the land of Israel. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, there are certain things, you know, people like drama. We have to appreciate that. Say, do you know, my in-law had the audacity to say, my in-law has the right to say anything he wants to say. It's like people advise your wife at work. People advise me, your wife did that and you're taking that nonsense from her. It's advice. I've heard you. I like that nonsense. I have to take it. I will still take it tomorrow. It's none of your business. So, I've learned to... People can say anything they like. Like they say, now your mouth. They can say anything. I'm not angry that you said anything. You can say anything. If you are my in-law and I hold you in high esteem and you say something that is beneath you, I drop... In my mind, I drop the esteem I gave you. I said, I was putting this person at 10 over 10. I think I should put him at 4 over 10. He doesn't deserve 10 over 10. Which means the next thing you say, even before you say... I'm taking it with a... It's, it's a pinchier of sorts, if there's anything like that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Good. So, there's no... You know, this conflict... Definitely, they will always, they, even your wife that you marry, don't you people disagree? There will always be disagreements. There will always be. But disagreement does not always have to lead to conflict. Once people understand their position... Once people know that, ah, I can advise this guy, oh, ah, he can take advice... He can receive, if you advise him, he's never angry. You can even advise, come to me and say, I advise you to, to divorce your wife. I say, thank you. Thank you for that advice. Thank you, I've heard. I will not take it. I just know that the next time you see this guy, is the enemy of progress. Shut your ears to his advice. But does he have a right to talk? Yes. Oh my Lord. So once they say things that aligns with the word of God, that, that are upright, that are true, that are honest, is acceptable. But anything that is counterproductive is not acceptable. But we don't even have to tell you that you are talking nonsense. You just say, hey, wow. Wow, we've heard your advice. So thank you for giving us that advice. I will go our way. Okay, for some persons, it's a real problem they are facing. 
with this kind of uh, pressure. Yeah. Real problem in the sense that, let me paint a hypothetical situation. A titan of industry has so much money, has businesses across maybe Nigeria or even Africa. He has raised his child, sent his child to the best of schools or something like that, and gave his daughter to you to marry. A boy, he didn't know that his daughter bears his name. So he says, guy, that you are in Enugu, come over to Lagos and take over, manage. I said, no, that my vision, the vision of God for my life is in a backlink to be a school teacher. So, I, okay, the vision of God for your life is in a particular town outside Lagos. And then, the person calls you again and says, how far? What are you doing about what I told you? So, how do you deal? What for you? You will just brush it aside, Mr. Yenka. Mr. John, what exactly are you going to do when this man calls you again and again and again and say, what are you doing about what I told you? Well, as a Christian, you would you would not disrespect the man, but then you will hold to your decision as a man, as the head of your home. Now, for instance, a little that, that example I gave to you, my in-laws could not talk to me directly because I think they know that I own the final say in that matter. So they were able to because they had access, not, not that they don't have access to me, but they can talk to their daughter, who is my wife, but they could not bring that subject to me directly. So that is how it is. Now, if per adventure, or as an example you give now, I am married to somebody like that, who has a lot of influence, who has a lot of affluence also, and is trying to make me make decisions that pleases him more than what pleases me, for it's, your good, yes, like he I'll thinks it's for your own yes, good. Let me yes. take you away from this poverty. You no, are I've, living I've, I've in. seen a typical example like that. That hypothetical situation you painted is actually real. It's happening a lot now. It, that is why you see a lot of girls, even though they are married, their father's name is still in between the, their name and their son name. Mm. And so because they don't want to let go in case, because a lot of people do it in case uh, the marriage does not work. I still have my father's name in my name. Do you understand? Mm. And, it's, and it's ungodly. It's not, it's not true. If you have that kind of intention and you leave your son in there, it is not right at all. Because you have, the man came, paid your bride price. Supposed to, you are building a new empire altogether. Do you understand? You are not dependent on your parents any longer. The most your in-laws can do is to give you advice. Just like Yinka said. And it is your responsibility, it is your right to accept advice or not to accept advice as the man of the of the house. So, no matter how influential he is, no matter how much affluence he thinks he has, he does not have any right to come and control how I want to channel my family. So, he can just say that, I'll listen to it, I'll tell you, thank you very much, Sabet. I am not interested. So, let me add something to this. And that scenario you have created is a real scenario and it's very interesting. Now, let's not misconstrue what we have said to mean that um, when your in-laws talk to you, your parents, that um, they're talking nonsense. No. Um, somebody, like we have said again and again, your parents-in-law are like your parents. Mm-hmm. Whatever they say to you carries value. And the fact that you have married their daughter doesn't mean that anything they now say is nonsense and they have no influence over their daughters anymore. No. In fact, it means they now have influence over an extra person. Like Brother John said, you yeah. are now a son. Yes. Mm. So we also pay attention to what they have to say. <coughs> yeah, they have the right to give you advice. Yes. Uh-huh. Who is the first person we pay attention to in a family? Whose consideration comes first? It's God. Yes. Because I'm building my uh, family after a model that has been created by Christ. So if in the midst of it all, the Lord says, Mr. Ma, stay in uh, Enugu or stay in Abakaliki then anything any other person is saying is going to move me against the will of God for my life. And if the, that parent is a Christian, I will carefully explain and say, Daddy, I'm sorry, I can't make this move for these particular reasons. You know my faith is important to me. Because you know what we have found out in the lives of men and women? Sometimes, one of the reasons why the Lord puts you in that family is to take you to another level financially. And let me not use financially, is to take you to a certain position of influence. So sometimes the Lord says, marry this girl. Marry the girl. You didn't even know the parents were very wealthy. You found out, oh, these people have a lot of money. And then from there, the Lord takes you to a place where you're now controlling a very large uh, conglomerate. You're now controlling a very large conglomerate. 
the Lord may have put you there and is using that family to do that. Do you understand? It's it's a channel. So let's not say that once you are married now, your in-law says something. No. No. Because you people say never. You cannot take away my position. No. That's not what we are saying. We are saying that everything must be considered in the light of the will of God for your life for that time and for the future. So if my in-laws now say that, again, even if I'm I know that the Lord sent me and said, my, my guy, I've sent you to Abakaliki, stay in Abakaliki. Then I have to, if I'm not 100% sure, or maybe my time, my time in, maybe my time in Abakaliki is up, I can still say, Lord, this man said this. Is it time for me to move? Of course, you can count on the Lord. If he doesn't answer you, it means it's not time for you to move. Or he may say, no. He may answer you and say, no, stay where you are. You will even know as time goes on. But having said that, where you are sure that the Lord wants me to stay here, there's a work I have to do here that I have to finish. You politely tell your in-law, Daddy, I'm sorry. Do you know what some in-laws will do? If they feel you, are that, you carry that type of value, they'll say, okay, I'm moving the headquarters of our company to Abakaliki. Shebi say you're a Sunday school teacher. It's only Sundays you are working. Very good, don't worry. We will support your Sunday school work. But we are moving the headquarters of the company to Abakaliki. Why? Because you are the man that we believe that will take this company to the next level. That can also happen. Do you understand what I'm Please saying me. now? So, it's not because these people are your in-laws now. Anything they are saying. No. We, in fact, the assumption we should have is that whatever they are saying, they are thinking for your own good and for their own. And one of the things we want to watch out for as Christians all the time is motive. That's what we are constantly looking out for. What's the motive of this? If the motive is, there's one word brother John used. If it's control, somebody wants to control you. My brother, if the control is outside of the will of God, please hold your control. If the control is within the will of God, you can be feeling good that you are controlling me, but I know that I'm working in the will of God for my life and for my wife for that season. There are some people, the reason why the Lord made you marry that child from that wealthy home is to remove that child from the influence of the father. So once you marry that girl like this, the job you get eh, is in one corner in Sudan. Phone call, they can't even call you. Whether you people are alive or dead, they don't know. Do you understand? Yeah. So we have to, as mature men and women in Christ, we have to know what the Lord is doing in our own families and that will help us to know what advice to accept, which one to reject and how to work in the will of God. Please, God will leave this matter of interference finally. For some persons, they couldn't establish. The impression I get listening to both of you is that your people in law can't don't call you to back down orders to you to take. Mm. Some persons they actually are in that kind of situation. Part of the reason is because either their in law backhold their wedding or they gave them money or maybe the house they're even living they gave them. I mean, they gave them or they think their daughter is suffering. Yes. Uh -huh. So like for that. that, they call the guy and give him orders. They don't say it's orders, but essentially they expect him to do it or something goes wrong. Now, how do you establish to your in-laws that you are open to listen to the advice, but please, you are not a boy to be pushed around? Yeah, thank you very much once again. I Now, for we believers, we are people of good culture. We are people who, who have been taught respect by the word of God, to respect our elders, to honor our parents. Do you understand? Mm. So that now has to come into play in, in telling your in-laws not to interfere so much or not to try to wield their influence in the marriage. There's a way you can say it without causing fracas. So I think if we, been, we, we apply this, the fruit of the Spirit called gentleness, call, uh, 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 just being polite to say it, and then remaining firm, rigid on what you have declared, as long as you know that it is not the will of God for your life, I think it's very important too. The fact that you are nice or you are a good person as a Christian does not mean you don't you are you can be tossed about. You are stupid. Do you understand? Mm. Being being walking in righteousness does not mean you are stupid. So if somebody now is trying to force you to do what is not correct with with respect to your family. And you know the will of God for your family. Standing your ground does not mean you are stupid. It means standing firm, which the Bible encourages. Do you understand? Yeah. So we are not supposed to back out insults to our in-laws or do whatever. No, 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 no. Except 
I've seen some crazy in-laws going to people's houses to beat up their their son-in-law or their daughter-in-laws. Those ones you can push them out of your house. Or you that's can... why we buy dogs, <laughs> <laughs> big dogs. So some some in-laws are that crazy. I've seen I've, I've seen in-laws who are pressurizing the son-in-law. You, our daughter should not suffer in your house. You come, come, go, come abroad, come abroad. We'll sponsor you. We'll make sure you we get you settled and what have you. Just leave the country. And the man doesn't feel like he should leave the country. He doesn't feel led to leave. It's a spiritual person. You understand? And it takes his stand. I think one of the challenges is that um, you know, what is the in your own home? What is the level of agreement? Has your wife totally left? Are you have you totally left? Mm. That is, have both of you left your families and are joined together to form a new unit? If you have that, once the two of you are together, um, there's almost nothing the in-laws can do. That's the truth. Once your wife agrees with you, you agree with her. Of course, nobody wants his or her own son or daughter to suffer. Particularly the girls. We don't want my I don't want my daughter to go and suffer anywhere. But how much of that can I influence? Because if you say, ah, okay, come abroad. If your daughter goes out, if the husband is a foolish man, no matter where they are, suffering is their portion. And suffering is not equal to only lack of funds. Mm. It's not lack of money only that is suffering. There are many things that lead to suffering. Many things that come together to mean suffering. Some women, and of course you hear these stories everywhere. All types of, let, let me not even start breaking our stories. But all types of stories in families are things that women interpret as suffering. And even we, when we hear each other, ah, this is bad. And money is not one of the issues. There are women that they are extremely unhappy, even though the husband makes sure they are well-funded. And they are, they are grumbling every day. They are unhappy. And it's a Christian who they are totally unhappy. Why? Maybe the husband is not... Uh, paying attention. The husband is never around. There's no manly presence there. Do you understand? There's no conversation. The man, that is, the woman doesn't know what goes on in the house. All she gets is funding. Tomorrow they just say, these two children, these three children, they are going to the military school starting tomorrow. Ah, but my husband, should I not have had the same this decision? I've taken the decision. I'm the man of the home. Finish. So when you put it together, it's not always funding that is suffering. And you have to appreciate something. You have to understand your in-laws. There are in-laws that they like to control. Once you come into their home, either as a man or as a woman, for them, the next thing is to put you in your place and start controlling you. And how do you make sure you are not controlled? It's not hard. You know, everybody, as people grow older, as you grow older, as I grow older, we become set in our ways. We, have we begin to grow unshakable beliefs. And as you grow them, Anything that is contrary to it is anathema. It's unacceptable. It's false. So, if you think that going 60 kilometers per hour is the right speed, and there's an older man who believes 80 kilometers per hour is the right speed, because he's older, he has gathered experience, knowledge, Bible knowledge, spiritual knowledge, all types of knowledge, to convince him that 80 kilometers per hour is the right speed. If you go lower than that or higher than that, he thinks there's something totally wrong with you. He will be very angry with you. But you as a young upcoming person, you've even gotten divine revelation. The Lord Jesus appeared to you and said, 60 kilometers per hour is the right speed, my son. You know, the man will not agree with you. What do you do? You stick to your 60 kilometers per hour. Even though after all, he's not driving the car. Hmm. You know what will happen? The Baba will be looking at you, he will shout at you, he will get angry, he will cut you off, he will not talk to you on the telephone, he will not talk to your daughter, he will not appreciate your children, which is grandchildren. He will just be there. He will cut you off. It may take him 10 years, but one day he will just come and say, mm, leave that boy. He doesn't used to hear. He's set in his own ways. He knows the year word. Just leave him. That's the way he is. You know what? The man has begun to agree that you are a man of your own estate. way. Yeah. You are a man of your own estate and mm. you will not agree. Mm. Do you understand? Which is good. It doesn't mean you will not agree to everything. But there are a few things and everybody should know. Your wife will know. Even when they ask your wife, do you think your husband will relocate? There are some things your wife should know by another. That one, don't discover my husband. He's not going to agree. This one, he can agree. That one, he can agree. Say, relocate abroad. 
you would rather die in Nigeria. So there are all those things. So as your wife knows, she'll communicate. They'll say, no, it's because I've not spoken to him. Tell him to call me. I will call him by myself. When they call you, she tell us, Baba, did you talk to your daughter? What did she tell you? And she says you will not agree that you are very successful. Baba, I'm very stubborn. <laughs> I'm not going. So all those things, they are, they are those things. Once they know that you have, you keep to certain things, then over time people learn your principles, they learn to leave you in that place. Okay, we're going again back to the financial matter initially because there is a scenario that we find in many homes which sometimes even lead to breakdown in peace in some people's home. Some persons feel, oh, you give to your people, you don't give to my people, or the giving is not equal and all that. So how do we go about, in fact, I've seen a case where a, what they do is that they contribute a certain percentage of their income into a drawer, the woman was saying it where I was, and then from that they found the fa- their own um, nuclear family. Then whatever is your balance, use it to give your people as you want. So what do you, what do you recommend, Elder John, concerning giving to in law? So that I mean, problem, problem will not come from that side. Yes. Um, uh, thank you very much. I had one experience with uh, a couple of my colleagues where I work. Uh, some three ladies. I think I was give, I was giving them a ride one time and. And uh, somehow they found out, I think we were discussing, and they found out that my, my wife knows my ATM pin code. And uh, my wife knows how much I take. And she's aware when I take my salary at the end of every month. And they were just looking at me as if I was coming from mass. You know, and it's because of my understanding that uh, when a man and a woman come together as husband and wife, they cease to be two any longer. They become one. Now, if I cannot hide information from myself, then I cannot hide information from my wife. So as I take my salary, I say, ah, madam, the thing don't drop. This is your share. And just like Yinka said, husband and wife, if once they agree, they can do anything they want to do. And whatever the opposition is, they can break, they, they can survive it, they can go through it. So if, I think for a Christian home, the wife and the husband should discuss what they give to both parties of of the in-laws, both sides of the in-law. Okay, uh, how much do I send to your father today? How much do we send to your father today? It's always we now, not not I any longer. How much do we send to him this month now? You know, you know, we have this project. We have this, okay. How much? Is it? Okay, we, we agree, and we send this one his own, own portion. We send the other one his own portion. And that's how it should be. And once the husband and the wife are together in that, I think they won't have any any challenge. Yes, I agree with that. Um, in my own family, um, like I told somebody, my income is very irregular. It comes uh, it's like a spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it will come like a mighty wind. Sometimes it comes in trickles. But it keeps coming to the glory of God. My wife works with government and has a regular income. She's the one that does the disbursement of funds, both to my own family and her own family. Uh, fortunately and unfortunately for both of us, both of our daddies are late. So, it's our mothers we send to, you know. So, she just sends to my mother-in-law. She sends to my mother. Sometimes I don't even know how much. Sometimes I don't even remember. Do you understand? So, that goes on. And... Having said that, like Brother John said, the most important thing, where our situation was not like that, two things we should have in mind. One is generosity, and two is um, um, agreement. It's, it's a good thing to talk about it. Edwin Luko said something. He said the three major challenges in marriage, he said communication, sex, and money. Communication is critical. Once a husband and wife are able to communicate without limitations. It's almost impossible to have problems in that, in that marriage. It's almost, that marriage, before it can have problems, it go hard. The devil has to show up by himself, which is one of the biggest problems of most marriages, communication. It affects the sex in the family, it affects the expenditure of funding, the income, everything. It affects everything. It affects the peace. It affects everything. Once <laughs> communication is smooth, Almost nothing can stand in the way of that marriage. So, once there's proper communication amongst between husband and wife, then disbursement of funds to the in-laws will be something easy. Then, when we take it to the next level, we now look at um, um, the generosity. 
it's it's important that the parents don't just feel enough as much as possible they should feel the generosity of either one or both of them depending on how money comes into the family <laughs> it depends on how the money comes in because if money doesn't come in like that then anytime the money is there the people should know that oh this guy sent me money to do it be like say something don't enter your account <laughs> you know we should have stuff like that but where there's never everything is just consistently dry it's, it's not a good thing okay there's a man whose marriage has broken down or is quarter to breaking down because he couldn't manage relationship with his in-law well now it's affecting him and his wife I just please advise that person in one minute Okay, because he couldn't, man, um, uh, he manage, couldn't manage relationship between his in-laws. Yes, so advise him on how to get back on track. One yeah. minute. Okay, the first question is, is he and his wife, are they Christians? Christian people. Good. So, first of all, they should set through the rifts between the two of them. Do you understand? Yeah. yeah they should bring down the scriptures and set through themselves. When they have set through themselves, then they cannot handle the issue they have with the in-laws. Okay. Mm. I'll give him three or four steps. One, he should love his wife, just like Elder John said. He should he should love his wife and his wife should know that he loves her. That's number one. Then number two, he should make this matter a prayer matter. That's one thing that I've not been emphasizing in this conversation. On in-law matters, you have to make it a prayer point. You have to pray about it as often as... Once problem begins to show up, make it a prayer point. He should pray about his in-laws and his own family members too. That's number two. Number three is that he should also try to understand, show empathy towards those in-laws. By that I mean, he should love them too. No matter how they are, he should just love them. There are different ways you can love people. Even if the people don't love you back, there's a way you can love them. He should add that to it. I think, having said that, there are one or two other things in my head, but I can't pick them now. But first, he and his wife, he should love his wife and let her understand that he loves her. Two, he should um, he should uh, make it a prayer point. It's, it's very important that you make it a prayer point. Number three, he should love his in-laws. I think I'll just stop at those three. Yes, and to add to what he just said, I think that issue of um, discussing the word of God and praying together as husband and wife is very, very, very key. That is where the the unity is actually very, very busy. A wife that you don't pray with it is difficult to do other things with especially and if if, if the, the relationship is just sex and uh, other things and there is no prayer togetherness it is easier for the in-laws to have more influence or more breaking power if I am to say so if they are dangerous in-laws <laughs> alright that's where we'll draw the content today on this week's edition of um, Men of David on Kingdom World Radio. Mr. Olayinka Oyekome, thank you very much for joining us on the show. Thank you very much. It's been a wonderful conversation. And Mr. John Ododo, thank you again very much for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. Now, this conversation continues on social media. Join this conversation by connecting with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the KW Radio. Use the hashtag Men of David to help us track your conversation. You can equally send us your feedback by mail through radio at pastor.ng. Until the next episode of Men of David, please do all that is within your power to pursue peace with all men, including your in-laws. Thank you. <laughs>